Hi, hello, and welcome to K Out and About, the podcast about by random travel occurrences. This is season one, episode 22, The Milk Snutter. We are back with Chris, and we are diving right into it. Today, you will find out who snatched the milk. All right, so tell me now <laughs> the question I've been waiting for. Um, typical and atypical Brit, because um, when I met you, like there are obviously uh, British people here and uh, I've met few and some of them are, you know, just here visiting just for a few months for a year, maybe. Mm. Um, but I do have a picture in my head myself, <laughs> you know, because mm. I lived there for a bit. Like what's typical, what's not typical. And yeah, you always sort of uh, strike me as a not that typical British person yourself. Mm. <laughs> tell me, tell me, how do you see yourself? Um... I don't really know what, I mean, I, I've never really identified strongly as British or English even, or, you know, anything like that. Okay. Um, even when I was pretty young, um, I just remember thinking, oh, I need to see the world, basically. Mm. <laughs> I've never really kind of attached myself to any identity or anything like that. I mean, not even in Sweden, particularly. Um yeah, I just feel very individual, I suppose you'd put All right. <laughs> okay, that's a very good and politically correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But was there something that, um, and I know I'm, I'm on a fishing expedition here, but um, <laughs> what is it that you don't miss, about the UK that you remember, obviously, from, mm. let, let's talk about the, the UK from uh, like 80s, 90s. Was yeah. there something that you miss from those times? And what was what, what is it from those times that you totally don't miss? And you're mm. like, yeah, no, I'm happy I'm out of there. Um, let me think. And please don't tell me PG tips, T. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> um, it was kind of, I mean, the, the thing is, growing up in the 80s, which was, I mean, I was born in the 70s, but I grew up in the 80s. And that was under Thatcherism. And to be honest, there isn't a huge amount that you can miss from that period if you're <laughs> if you're not really like, you know, right wing or conservative or anything. So, I mean, it was a tough time. I mean, my family had it personally tough. Uh, my dad worked in the docks. He was laid off in the 80s when they started the containerization of, uh, you know, transporting goods on ships. Mm -hmm. So they didn't need as many dockers and he got laid off and, you know, found it hard to find work. And it was also the period of the miners' strike and he came out in solidarity strike with mm. them. Um, so we didn't have a lot of money. Um, uh, I don't know if I can say this on a podcast. But <laughs> you can, you can. Don't don't forget this is explicit. So like, yeah. If you want, I never heard you swear. So no, no, it's not. It's not really swearing. It's more kind of you know considering. I'll make a disclaimer first. Considering the political climate right now, I'm I'm saying this is what I did as basically a child, and I would not condone it now. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my father putting a picture of Margaret Thatcher on our dartboard at home and encouraging us to throw darts at it. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> because he really Did hated like it. it. Okay. Yeah. But as I say, considering the political climate now, the violence, um, you know, I, I would absolutely not condone that. But at the time, yeah, I was a child and I didn't really understand well, any better. Yeah, and, no, exactly. And I was also very angry because, you know, I'd been told from when I was tiny, oh, Thatcher, she took away the school milk. Oh. Had, they, they used to call her the milk snatcher. <laughs> I did not hear that one. Yeah. No. So there was no free school milk in, in schools anymore. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of a, it was a weird period. I mean, there were a lot of things I liked about it. I was young and, you know, I had my friends and there was lots of music and I was a goth and all that kind of thing. Well, <laughs> oh, that, was, that was a good time to be in the UK. Yeah, then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were, there were lots of good things about the 80s, even, uh, <laughs> despite what everyone says. But, um, yeah, I mean, the whole kind of climate, it was very harsh and there were all the yuppies and, yeah, people didn't seem to care about each other anymore. Mm. So, I mean, there's nothing, maybe it got slightly better in the 90s, but by the time it got better, um, I'd kind of left mm. anyway. So um, I kind of missed, you know, a more, I don't know, generous UK. Mm -hmm. I never really experienced that. I mean, in the, in the 70s, there was a lot of poverty as well. It was before, um, well, it, it was just in the beginning of being part of the, uh, the common market, mm -hmm. as it was called then. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of deprivation, social deprivation, poverty, all that kind of thing. I wasn't in the absolute, you know, poorest group mm. in society, but we weren't rich either. So, I mean, we kind of survived the 70s and 80s more than anything. Yeah, because I remember watching, and thank God I watched it after I've been, or actually, yeah, I think that was after we I've been to Sheffield. Mm. We watched um, Full Monty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this movie is mm. such a completely different image of the UK that right. we ever had. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it was always London and, yeah. uh, you know, glamour. And, and mm. okay, we, all we knew was obviously Mr. Bean, Benny Hill and, you know, Monty <laughs> Python. Goodness me, um, what an education. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. And, you know, not to forget Alo Alo, the, the series. Mm. Uh, so we we knew a little bit, but we, like I always had in in, in my head this kind of very sophisticated picture of the right. UK. Mm. And then you see movies like Full Monty mm. and you kind of watch it. It's like, How, where, where is this happening? Is this yeah, like, I mean, what era is this? Yeah. No, the thing and it is, was at the same a, time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it, it, the thing is, it's a very, very divided country. I mean, especially today, but it's always been that for a very, very long time. I mean, even after the war period, um, okay, there are a lot of, for example, very wealthy people during the war that pro possibly gave up their stately homes mm. for the war effort, you know, use them as field hospitals, etc. But after that, I mean, I suppose they went back to living their normal mm. lives again. And I, I don't know, I guess. from reality. Exactly, yeah. I mean, probably some of them had incurred some financial losses. But, I mean, if you're if you're rich and you survive a war like that, then you're probably doing pretty well mm. whereas everybody else was in dire straits I mean yeah if I just think of my my dad's family I mean there were eight of them in, in the east end of London and he oh, wow. he was born basically during the war so I mean uh, 
yeah, there was a lot of uh, poverty that you don't see. I mean, this is one of the things I react to, kind of getting slightly off the topic, but um, in Sweden mm -hmm. is that people idealise the UK and have done yeah. for many, many years, and it's, oh, it's London, it's glamorous, all that kind of thing that you said. Mm. And they don't see the other side of it. And, you know, I try and point that out as much as I can because I think it's a kind of misrepresentation of the country. But it is, I mean, uh, my, you know, my short stay um, at uni in the UK and then uh, London, a lot of people didn't believe a lot of mm. the stories I was yeah. saying. I because, because they do have a different picture. And I think probably less now, mm. especially in Poland, because like half of the country is there. <laughs> <laughs> um, or at least, mm. you know, I think being probably living now in Poland, you know, at least one or two people that yeah, either they been know in the UK. The reality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th mm. they know they know more. Mm. Uh, but yeah, when I went, I was that was my cultural shock that mm, I was I like, bet. what <laughs> is this UK? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Where's the queen? Uh, where, where are the Monty Pythons? Like, you know, I thought people like the guys from Monty Python, that was... That was the standard. Kind that of was the standard, that mm. kind of sense of humour and also, you know, the the education. That was mm. probably one of my biggest yeah. shockers, that the <laughs> education is not the same for everybody. No. And, oh, mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm still upset with the UK on, on those topics. Absolutely. And, you know, it explains a lot of the situation today. I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have Brexit if it wasn't for Eton mm. and Cambridge and Oxford. Mm. Um, I, I it's not met, um, I met a guy when I was living in London. Oh, and I'll be telling, talking about him a little bit more. I met a guy who uh, actually was at Eton. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and he was working at a, mm. as a bartender at the hotel where I was working at, and we became friends. Like right. he was very kind of down to earth, and um, mm, I'm sure some <laughs> are. <laughs> yeah, but then I've noticed like once. Uh, he he was always without money. He was not always, but like often he was trying to like, oh, do you have a tenner? Because like or a fiver? Because mm -hmm, okay. and then he would give it back, but kind of he wouldn't think about it that for someone else who kind of lives, yeah, hand to mouth, exactly. Mm. Like to give him a tenner that day is like okay, fine, have it, but can I have it back tomorrow? Mm, exactly. He wouldn't think about it mm. because, and I remember when I went to his house, they have a swimming pool, they have a tennis court. Um, they had they had a special room for just games. Like mm. there were three oh, yeah. TVs with the games and the the uh, mm. what are they called the footballinis the uh, oh table football yeah, yeah. Mm. and and I was just like oh, what reality do you deal with? Well, that's we, the thing; it is two parallel mm. worlds. And I mean, the good thing was he obviously was working with us, you know, uh, mm, with sure. us the workers at the. <laughs> At the hotel, but and great conversation. We had great conversations, but you know, he was studying philosophy, right? Right, um, mm. you know, for spending so much money on studying philosophy because mm. he liked it. And I'm just thinking, yeah, not many people can mm. can do that. Yeah, um, it just makes me think of that pulp song, Common People. I mean, that is that in a nutshell, mm. really. Mm. And um, and yeah, him telling stories like, oh, yeah, in Eton, uh, whichever one of the princes I don't remember if it was William or Harry like they were I think a year or two below him right. so like, mm. oh you've met them <laughs> oh yeah sure <laughs> nothing yeah. special it's like, mm. really nothing special <laughs> yeah I mean the only experience I've had that was similar to that was um, I had a good friend um, from school who and ended up at Cambridge and I went to visit him mm. at his college in Cambridge mm. and stay the weekend with him and I went to the formal 
dinner and I had to wear a robe and oh my god yeah yeah the mm. whole the whole thing the whole Cambridge experience I had it all <laughs> and it was it was an eye-opener mm. and what was uh, interesting for me was that when I was in the sixth form my head of sixth form tried to encourage me to apply for Cambridge because I had good grades I mean I doubt I would have got in on the interview because mm-hmm. they're very picky about that and I don't know even if maybe at the time in the early 90s they were trying to encourage state school, you know, uh, young people to to go to Cambridge and Oxford. I don't think I would have made it in. But in any case, I said to the head of sixth form, to be honest, I'm not interested. Mm. Because, um, well, for a start, they didn't do the degree that I wanted to do, which was a combined degree uh, with modern languages Mm -hmm. and music. Okay, and uh, secondly, I didn't think I would fit in because, mm. yeah, it's, it's, it is a total, totally different world. It's like a Very small clicky. bubble. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've, I had I had similar similar experience. Although, yeah, I only met that one guy who was in it, mm. and like, not yeah. really anyone anyone else. Mm. All right. Any but anything you think? So, for example, like you've been. Uh, when you visited recently, anything that you think, oh, I actually miss that, or um, I miss the north of England. I think M- much more than the south. I-, I grew up in the south of England, but I'm not particularly attached to it. I mean, I I have family from London. My dad was from London, um, but I've never really lived in London because couldn't afford it basically mm. <laughs> not many people can um, I mean the the town I grew up in was only about 45 minutes on the train away anyway oh, that's like London basically London I, it may even actually be in London now I don't know they changed the boundaries mm. now and then but um yeah I think the north of England is what I miss more and and Scotland especially but is it people or landscapes it's both I mm. mean in general, okay, I don't know what it's like now with Brexit. I didn't go around... The last time I was in the UK at all, I was in London for one evening, I think, and then I went up to Liverpool and over to the Isle of Man and then across northern England. Mm. So I didn't really, you know, spend any time in the southeast at all. But in the north, um, yeah, I, I just feel more comfortable there. It feels more like my... <laughs> kind of spiritual home I suppose <laughs> and Scotland especially I yeah I, I love the people the landscapes everything mm. so I mean it's more it's more on that level it's not like oh I miss you know certain foods or or anything like I was, that. yeah I was about to go towards food but mm. <laughs> and you know all the all the comedy and stuff you can you can get that here anyway mm. so uh, I was actually quite surprised both um well, I, I do have access to like SVT or uh, mm. TV Fuda. They do play a lot of British TV, mm. a yeah. lot. Is it? Do you think like it's a sentiment, or is it just because they're good? They think they're good programs. Um, they think they're good programs, but I think there. Well, there is this kind of idealizing the UK thing that we mm. talked about before, and um, I don't know. I think Swe- Swedes feel that they're very, very close to this, the mentality of the UK, whereas I would dispute that really but um do you think maybe the northern uk 
Yeah, it's maybe. Closer. Or maybe actually Scotland is probably Because <laughs> I'm the thinking closest. like <laughs> the, the shows that you could actually watch, like they are, you know, Vera, who is kind of, mm. um, you know, yeah. not like Newcastle and up and then Shetland. Um, That's true. Or yeah. the Although they have shown the Midsummer Murders millions of times in Sweden as well. Oh, I missed that now. <laughs> <laughs> And Frost and all those other, you know, stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I am watching Frost now because I actually, Frost, I never seen when I was in the UK. Mm, okay. So now I'm mm. discovering Frost and... Uh, yeah, Inspector Moore, so that kind Yeah, of and I do, have, I must say, whatever I ever, if there was anything I liked about the UK, mm. I do find it in those TV shows. Like, yeah. I do watch them with a tiny mm. bit of nostalgia now. It's like, oh, the yeah. UK I dreamt of, or mm. a little bit. Like, I'm not talking about, you know, serial killers and murderers or the whole no, way. <laughs> but uh, there's certain things that... Yeah, yeah like the church and the, the village pub. and I mean, that, that kind of thing I can kind of miss sometimes, actually. Although, th- I must say, there is a lot of uh, idealization of that as well. Oh, because God, yeah. I, d- I did have a local <laughs> pub. Mm. Uh, wasn't that close to the church, but there was a local pub mm. in, in Rains Park. And I must say, it was oh, sometimes it was scary. But th- that was more due to the, I think, alcohol consumption right. and how. Yeah, I mean, if you go went. out into a little village in, you know... Suffolk or something, mm. and it's completely different. Although, as I say, I have no idea what it's like now. It could be a lot more aggressive now. But back well, in the day, you could go out in the countryside, have a quiet pint, <laughs> and go home. We do. I visited my friend from Austria who moved to around a village around Milton Keys, and I'm mm. saying a village around Milton Keys, right. so not even Milton <laughs> Keys. Mm. Um, and we went to the local pub, and since She's Austrian. We were speaking German. Mm. Going on those terms to a local pub, that was not the best mm. idea. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend it today, no. for sure. We, did, we didn't realize. I mean, that was mm. years ago, but uh, we didn't even think about it. No. And, and kind of it got quiet. People started looking at mm. us. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. This whole mentality has been there forever, mm. unfortunately. I mean, you know, to hark back to the, the B word, Um, the whole kind of colonialism mentality that a lot of people have. It's like, you can't come here and speak your language, you've got to speak our language, because we used to rule the world. And that really uh, makes me barking mad, Mm. to say the least. Mm. Yeah, no, I I do remember someone... uh, I think someone was telling me, like, oh, what do you mean you don't know Paddington Bear? Yeah, I don't. Well, I didn't. It's, it's, it's a like, kind of arrogance. It's like a kind of arrogant entitlement. I don't know. Why, exactly. why would I know Paddington exactly. Bear? I mean, do you know, <laughs> In, you know, some Polish yeah, uh, exactly. child's Bolek program? Bolek. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, how would you know? And it, it's just this kind of arrogant assumption that everything worth knowing comes from the UK. And to be honest, I mean, we've been on the periphery of everything for very many years. I mean arguably even before you know the two world wars Mm. it's been going downhill in that respect I mean I just I just think people are way too stuck in the past Mm. but yeah no that is an interesting take um and going back to Sweden Swedes Mm. yeah um I'm guessing you feel a lot more comfortable 
around Swedes, like n- n- regardless of what what picture they have of uh, the UK. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but like the mentality, the, the mentality here is that something you feel closer to, or um, that didn't I'm play a kind, role. I'm kind of in the middle, really. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I suppose it's the same with anyone that's lived outside their home country for you know more than two decades. I don't really feel at home in the UK at all. And I feel fairly much at home here, but not quite. There's okay. always something slightly missing. Okay. Um, even if I, you know, I am aware of a lot of the cultural codes, I can navigate my way through Swedish society fine. Give me some examples. <laughs> Teach me. <laughs> Teach me. <laughs> Give me one or two. Uh, that kind of, that's something I should know, and I probably don't because it's not obvious. Oh... Like, I know not to greet any neighbours. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> greeting neighbours is a bad idea. And then there's the whole laundry room drama possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to come up with an example because you have to be in specific situations. Mm. Okay. It's kind of situation specific. And if you do it right, then you know. And if you do it wrong, then you, you kind of you know straight away. Out. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's hard to describe. It's very, very subtle. It's a lot more subtle than people understand. I mean, there are probably things that I still do wrong. But a lot of the time, it's out of choice. It's not because I don't know what to do. It's more, I don't really care. Mm. <laughs> this is how you want to do it. You do yeah. It. yeah. Okay. Fine. As I said, you know, earlier in this discussion, I, I've always felt more of an individual anyway. I'm not really bound by you know, rules, traditions of whatever situation, not just like of a country, but, you know, a family or a social group or whatever. Mm. I I just do my thing Mm. most of the time. I actually had a conversation recently uh, with someone um, about uh, the sort of um, Western culture, because although I'm, you know, socialist Mm. Poland, there is a lot more Westerner in me then there is, I don't know, from someone in someone from outside of Europe. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about, like, where where does that come from? Where is there something we have in common? Or is it something that we just sort of swallow with the media? Because mm. I'm getting, you know, me growing up in a socialist kind of background. Mm. How did I? Yeah, it seems strange. Because be, become I mean, a Westerner. Have, I mean, when I grew up, we had access to everything and a lot of it was from America. Mm. And, you know, a lot of the kind of cultural references of at least Western Europe are from the United States. So, I mean, that's quite natural for me and even for Swedes, Mm. despite the fact that they didn't have more than one television channel until about, I don't know, the 90s or something. <laughs> but just they, like socialist Poland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was kind of a wannabe socialist state here. Yeah. Um, social democratic, not socialist. Even if Americans today <laughs> try and call it socialist, but no, it's nowhere near. No, 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 no. I can confirm. But where you would get it from, I that's more of a mystery, unless it's something that you've acquired later and can't really see the difference, you know, between how you were then and how you are now. I, I mean, my bet is probably 90s media. Mm, um, yeah, because probably. with a huge explosion of um, TV channels, 
And right. I'm not talking about uh, Polish TV channels. It's just access to, yeah, cable for example, in the 90s to mm. cable TV mm. and me watching, I don't know, MTV, ProZim, mm. RTL, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Mm. And even, I mean, come on, I only had some kind of primary school, a little bit high school German at the time, mm. and I would watch German TV. doesn't matter. It didn't matter if I understood no, everything no. or not. I would just swallow it. Uh, and I... My bet, in my case, is probably uh, the media. Yeah, I'm um, sure it was, yeah. Not to mention freaking uh, Beverly Hills, what was it, 902? <laughs> uh, I, I was a little, little bit too old for that, so I'm glad I got spared that. But, that's the thing, that, but that was like the show to watch at the beginning of the 90s mm. if you were a teenager. Yeah. There was nothing else for us mm. on TV. I mean, what, freaking Dynasty that we used to watch the whole freaking 80s? <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> Or <true>. Dallas? <laughs> or whatever Brazilian soaps uh, mm. we had? Like, that, that that was this. And there are many things I didn't understand, like, you know, the, their high school stuff. Like, that's that was totally foreign. Mm. That, was, no, that, that was not even foreign. That was totally alien. <laughs> um, but I think uh, a lot of what I have as a Westerner, of a Westerner in me now, is, is the 90s media. Mm. Um, yeah, it seems likely. Although, I don't know, the, with the, the conversation that I had um, with my friend was also a little bit on the church side, mm. that the Catholic Protestant church had such a huge impact on us in general right. in, in Europe mm. that we kind of, there's there's so many similarities that there's no escape, although there might be different, mm, think, there might be differences. Yeah, definitely but, historically, I mean, yeah, you, you have a, I mean... The reason we have a European Union today is basically because we have common values, and common values were often imprinted by the church. So, mm. I mean, it's kind of inevitable. I or, or the Roman Empire before. <laughs> yeah, that as well, yeah. All right, we, we went really deep in this conversation. <laughs> That's how I love it. I love deep. It wasn't, it wasn't planned. <laughs> um, let me think if there was anything else I wanted to ask. That's it for today. We will meet with Chris one more time in the episode titled The Funny Swede, The Reserve Swede, A Vegan Pole and A Happy Bhutanese. Thanks for listening and until next time.